Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. I do declare here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Drimbus. After putting Thomas asleep, the attorneys approached Judge Olrak with a plea bargain for Dot McNeil. While discussing the terms, Thomas barges in to put an end to it, but Judge Olrak dismisses Thomas from the case and kicks him out of court. The attorneys reach an agreement, collect their payment, and a disguised Jessica Feltra gets knocked out by Kit Hara, believing her to be Dot McNeil. After some tense goodbyes, the attorneys head their separate ways, and Tony coughs up a piece of paper with Dot's address on it. Where Gary and Jessica find the place has been scrubbed clean of all evidence and renovated. I do declare your honor is back in session. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thomas, as the sun sets, you arrive back at your place in Opula, and you begrudgingly walk up the six flights of stairs to your place. You open the door and the key catches in the lock for a second as you struggle to get it open, and you squeeze into your place. We see your Murphy bed, which is not quite all the way up inside the wall, so you can kind of see the edge of the mattress tilting out near the top of the ceiling. And we see your little bookshelves crammed with all of your textbooks and whatever fiction you may consume on a regular basis, as well as your your desk and your chair. And the day's events weigh on you after literally getting kicked out of court. So what do you do? I'm going to sit on my bed for a moment. Okay, you pull the Murphy bed down and you hear the whine of the metal frame as it comes down. And then just like it couldn't quite go all the way back into the wall, it doesn't quite hit the ground until you sit on it and you feel the bed springs press into your butt. (laughs) And I'm going to sit on the edge of it and think about what occurred today. Still very, very upset about what occurred. I wish I could have done more to stop it. And as I'm sitting there on the edge of the bed, I notice sort of on on the far wall, there's like a little table there with a book that I keep very close by. A copy of Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer. That's right (laughs) next to it, believe it or not. But (laughs) Um, I'm going to walk over to the book, grab it, this book belong to my dad i recall so i'm gonna open it it's an old law book he left me before he died what's it called law and order colon opula (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 actually fiction it's it's law fiction it's a a serialized novel yeah You flip through the pages of your father's copy of Law and Order Opula. You run your fingers along the yellowing pages and that kind of musky old book smell hits you and you reflect on the characters, right? You reflect on the many intriguing cases that you saw within them, which as a young child who maybe didn't quite understand this young court system in the world was still something that intrigued you and perhaps influenced you as you continue down your path and what happens. I sort of remind myself of my dad and what he always told me about law. I get a real 
a big feeling from within. I don't know if it's from my heart or if it's a weird sort of power that's manifesting, but after the events of what occurred today, I recall an old saying that my dad used to say to me, put my hand on the book and I say, I vow to find the truth and nothing but the truth for the guilty will always lie and I will bring them to justice by my hand. And as you do that with your hand on the book, as if you're being sworn in, you feel that hand tingle. Oh boy. It's not necessarily a feeling that's entirely unfamiliar to you. You are a magic user. Many people are. But it's almost like you feel a a strengthening of your convictions in a very literal way. And Thomas, you are now a level three warlock who has taken the Pact of the Tome. Yes. You have vowed to find the truth and nothing but the truth, for the guilty will always lie, and you will bring them to justice by your hand. After that feeling, I don't know how you spend the rest of your night. Perhaps you read your favorite chapter again, some of the saucy romance in between court cases. Perhaps you dive back into your textbooks, but as you fall asleep on your, let's say, less than comfortable Murphy bed in your opula apartment, you look up at the ceiling and close your eyes with a sense of purpose. The next morning, you wake up as you normally do very early. Probably about 4 or 5 a.m. if you're going to make the ride all the way out to the courthouse in time. And what do you do? With my my book now with me, I'm going to bring that wherever I go. I'm just going to get ready for the day and leave my apartment. Okay. With your book in tow and justice coursing through your veins, you walk down the six flights of stairs, unhitch popcorn, and begin to ride out. After a few hours, you arrive at the courthouse of the Eastern Orgaic region bright and early this Thursday morning. As you look around, your companions are nowhere to be found. You hitch up popcorn at the post and you see all manner of people begin working their way into the hallowed halls of justice. You feel that tingle from earlier just being near the courthouse. You see a black stallion ride past as Judge Gardner, his judge's robes flowing in the wind, kisses another dwarven man goodbye and hops off his horse. And he says, I'll see you at home, Johnny sweetheart. Now you get that sweet ass out of here. And he slaps the black stallion and it rears up. (laughs) And John Mitchell, the dwarven man with black hair flowing in the breeze, takes off down the road. Can I inspect ass before he he leaves? Just to confirm. Roll an investigation check, but if he catches you, it's going to be a little awkward. Okay. That's a natural 20 on check ass. Listen, if they serve that ass up to you on a plate, that would taste like sugar. Mm. Um, that is how sweet that ass is. That is a sweet ass. Anyway, Judge Gardner begins working his way up towards the courthouse and seeing you hitching up popcorn, he stops to greet you. Well, if it isn't Mr. Thomas Phelps, I do declare. I haven't seen you in a few days. How goes the investigation, sir? Uh, Your Honor, and I, I do a deep, deep bow. My head might touch the floor, in fact. You do so, and, like, he moves his little foot out because, like, your head's about to hit a shoe, and he kind of, like, moves it back. <laughs> and then I say, uh, the, the investigation is um, it's going pretty well. That's actually what brings me here back to court today. I'm further investigating. Where are your companions? Uh, they're uh, my assistants, actually. They're, they're on their way. No need to worry about them. They are doing field work for me. We had a little bit of a speed bump in, in the other town that we went to go investigate, but that's okay. We are here now. And oh, everything shake out all right? Uh, I can't say it went perfect, but, you know, we're here now. We are moving on. Very well. I look forward to seeing your work when it's ready. Thank you, Your Honor. And I'm going to bow once again. As you bow, you begin to see some dust, like, kick its way up as you hear the stampede of several horses off to one side. And they approach. You feel the ground shake beneath your feet as the wheels of a beautiful iron caravan come to a stop before the courthouse. The door opens, and none other than your favorite red tiefling, Monique Valentine, steps out in an impeccable white suit. As you come up from the bow, you look to Judge Gardner and then to Monique as she walks up to you, and she says, Well, howdy, boys. Judge Gardner, you are looking dashing as ever, I must say. 
Oh, Monique, stop it. Oh, Mr. Phelps, pleasure to see you again. Mm-hmm. Monique, might I have a word with you? Oh, certainly. It, is this about the other day? I would like to forget about the other day. It's something else entirely. Can we go speak somewhere, please? You guys are having this conversation over Judge Gardner's head, and he kind of, like, adjusts his tie a little bit. <clears throat> well, I'll leave you to that. Uh, if, if you need me, you know where to find me. And he kind of, like, awkwardly skirts around Monique, because you guys are standing, like, against the steps into the courthouse. And then you see him pick up his robe off the ground a little bit, like he's hitching up his skirt, and he runs up the steps into the courthouse. So, Mr. Phelps, what can I do for you? Is that a new suit, Monique? Oh, you noticed? I I bought it a while ago, but I hadn't gotten to wear it just yet. Why on earth would you wear white? You'll get it all dirty. Well... It's all about appearances, you know. It's a little impractical, but I do like a nice suit, and I I think it's rather dashing. Impractical and foolish. Anyway, your suit is not why I am here to talk to you today. I'm here to discuss... How many uh, of those red suits do you own, Thomas? uh, I do love it, I must say. I own plenty of this, don't you worry. And I get them dry cleaned every week over an opula. I don't know if you've been there. That happens to be where I live. Uh, I have my own personal dry cleaner to attend to this very fine suit right here, so. I have no doubt, she says, as she picks some lint off your shirt and kind of uh, straightens out one of your sleeves. (laughs) So, Monique, I am here to discuss the murder of my friend Dot. I'm sure you've heard about that, or? I'm sorry, no, word hadn't gone around to me. My condolences. It, it didn't even cross my mind when, when when I saw you guys at court the other day. What happened? Oh, so you don't know that she was murdered? No. Interesting. Well, uh, one of my assistants, Jessica, that, found that was the, Dot. So, sorry, that was the Warforged, right? Miss Oz, I believe? Right. That's correct. Okay, okay. Anyway, Jessica found her in her room, uh, you know, dead. Oh, how horrible. Any idea what happened? Well, that's what we're trying to figure out now. We're investigating her murder, so we're trying to gather as much information as we can. You know, it it really surprises me, Monique, that you don't know anything about this or haven't heard anything about it, considering we talked to Judge Gardner about it before we uh, started investigating other locations. Thought word might have gotten around to you. I mean, we we chat from time to time, but usually he'll uh, he'll fill me in if he's uh, offering me a job, and... Congratulations. I'm assuming this is a a prosecution gig, right? I would prefer not to be congratulated over the death of my friend, but we have a job to do. (laughs) And the other thing that surprises me is that we found your card there in her room beside where she was murdered. Excuse me? Do I have it on me still? You left it there. I left it there. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, I hope one of them found it. Okay. So I, I I don't pull it out. I just say to her, yes, we found that in her uh, her bedside nightstand there. It was in the drawer. And I was wondering if you knew anything about that. Hmm. That's incredibly peculiar. I I mean, I give them out fairly frequently, but I actually don't recall ever giving one out to, uh, to Miss Oz. Uh, Do you know anyone else that could have given it to her? Well, geez, any number of people, but I don't see why unless they were maybe referring me to her, but... I, she was an attorney, of course, in, in her own right, so I'm, I'm not quite sure what she would have needed me for. Was she in any legal trouble? Can I roll to see if she's lying to me? Roll an insight check. Which I'm sure she is. I got 13. Monique is a powerful orator, but you get a feeling that you've kind of dialed into her a little bit now that you've worked with her a bit. She's still very hard to read, but as far as you can tell, she is being fully sincere. I see. Okay. Well, do you have any names of those associates that might also be giving out your card? Well, in terms of work around here, I I work mostly on my own. I don't associate with anyone else on cases. Clients are, are really the only people that I would give it out to. I know uh, I gave some out in Sapir. Maybe someone there gave it to her? Uh, you've given one out to Kat Hara, yes? We also found one of those cards with her. You did. <clears throat> yes. And she, like, kind of gets visibly uncomfortable and goes, yeah, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Is there no other information you could give me about 
anything regarding this murder. Uh, I'm I'm terribly sorry. Perhaps if you if you let me see an autopsy report or or something like that, I, I could help you. I'd be happy to help you on the case uh, with whatever time I got. Though that won't be necessary. If you didn't know anything about the card, there's really nothing else to to talk to you about. To All be right. quite frank, so I suppose I will be on my way. I'm sorry, that's all I got for you. And as she's saying that, you hear the trampling of hooves as Tony and Wade appear with Gary and Jessica atop them. You guys are a little later than usual. Court has been open now for, you know, the last... You guys have been talking out here for, let's say, 20 minutes-ish, something like that. And uh, Monique turns to greet you and she goes, Oh, hi, uh, sorry, your associates are here. Pleasure to see you guys again. Um, ah... God, I, I really should get inside, but I'm, I'm sorry. Is there anything else I could do for you, Mr. Phelps? No, that'll be all. All righty. Well, if I can, you you know where to find me. I'll be around. Oh, yeah. It was lovely to see you as well, Monique. Good to see ya. Um, uh, c- congratulations on uh, settlement the other day and everything. Uh, real happy for you guys. I'm, I'm going to run inside. I, I think I'm running late for a meeting with a potential client. Yeah, sure thing. Thank you so much. All righty. You guys have a good day. All right. Bye. All right. And Monique runs up the steps to the courthouse. Hi there, Thomas. Hello. How are you doing today? Just fine, thank you. Good. Okay. We're going to handle it that way. All right, fine. Handle it what way, Jessica? Professionally. That's right. Very well. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> well. And Jessica's just kind of standing there, like maybe twisting like her heel into the ground <laughs> a little bit, just kind of looking around, waiting to see what's going to happen next. You see Tony the Pony begins drawing tic-tac-toe in like the dirt beneath him to play with Wade. <laughs> All right. Well, Thomas, I think you should know, uh, we went to Dot's apartment. All the blood has been scrubbed clean. The, the evidence is gone? Yeah. Someone even left the key. Someone's been tampering with Dot's house, and uh, someone left a note. Okay, what note? How how are we going to prove anything now if the evidence is gone? What, how did they talk with... I'm assuming you talked to Monique just now? I did. And anything come up? Uh, I guess not. Maybe, maybe not. I don't see how that information would pertain to my assistance, though. But what did you learn over at her apartment? What is this letter you were talking about? I will aid you for the sake of our friend, our mutual friend. The note says, might as well make use of it. H. H, who's H? Well, um, we heard a, a name of H come up when I was listening in on... Uh, Monique was telling Siri that she wanted uh, Siri to send a message to a, to a person named Hagatha. And I'm assuming that starts with an H there. So there's your next lead, if you let us... Uh, follow you i guess but who is hagatha i don't know you should ask monique maybe we should have uh stopped her before she went into a meeting we can wait well, i suppose we'll have to if we don't know where this hagatha is all right that's that's our next move for now i guess so yeah yeah the whole house looks completely like redone like it's all cleaned up and someone left the key inside it's freaking me out actually yeah i think it's kind of i i mean whoever this h is maybe she wants it to be like our office space or something. I don't know. That was kind of the vibe I was getting. Can I see the letter? Yeah, I have it in my purse. Can I roll to see if either I recognize the handwriting or I know maybe where the parchment is from, if it has a scent or anything? Go for it. Okay. 22. So here's what I'll tell you with the 22. This is entirely foreign to you, but what you can tell is the white cardstock it is on is of extremely high quality. Moreover, the purple ink it is written in and the penmanship, all of it, very, very high quality. You know, you think maybe Opula, but even something about Opula doesn't strike you as right about this for some reason. Which is quite a lot to deduce from looking at a card. Also, somebody shoved Dot's address into poor Tony's mouth on this piece of paper. And I pull out a soggy, crumpled up, uh, coughed up paper with the address on it. Okay, you could keep that. (laughs) And if you'll notice, Thomas, it's the same purple as the note you got there. Yeah, so it's gotta be from the same person. So uh, I'm creeped out. Okay, so this person has, we can assume has been tracking us and following us for a little bit of time at least to be able to put that paper inside of Tony. And assuming that it's Miss Hagatha, She has a connection with Monique. Right. How did this Hagatha expect us to track her or get into contact with her if- I don't know if she wants us to be in contact with her. 
What did the message say again? Might as well make use of it. Might as well make use of it. I can assume she's talking about Dot's apartment becoming an office. I see. Well, I I don't feel like she would be leaving us all these clues if she didn't want to at least be found, right? Maybe she's just trying to say that uh, she's a friend, but she wants to stay anonymous. Maybe. Maybe she sees what we're doing and likes our style of looking for justice and she wants to be a kind of like a benefactor like where are her charlie's angels and she just speaks from a little box on the desk well i guess the only thing to do now is wait for monique to come back out so we could ask her about it i mean i guess we could also see if there's a case for us to take on as well not that this isn't a priority i just want to put that out there again and i don't want to be attacked tamis if i was more strapped for cash maybe but uh i think i got enough for right now i'd like to get to the bottom of this i think we put it off for too long very well we don't want any trails to go cold so i guess uh we'll just go inside the courthouse and wait for monique i'll take some of that coffee from that uh cow person <laughs> uh they are a fear bulk <laughs> and you can see them like just right beyond the opening doors of the courthouse they are getting set up they've already brewed the coffee they are pumping out some milk and do they have my usual setup they definitely don't <laughs> oh i'm gonna hitch tony and go inside i will do the same with wade and i will go inside the courthouse all right you enter the courthouse and sure enough you see the fear bulk right there at the entrance setting up the coffee and beginning to pour out some of the milk you see an aracocra this like eagle humanoid type thing waiting for a drink and the fear bulk hands it over and they look at you and they go hey guys it's nice to see you again oh yeah it's great to see you i don't remember if i introduced myself last time my name you is did. Jessica. You're jessica felcher and you're gary mogpile and you're thomas phelps my usual please it's nice to see you thomas <laughs> Sorry, I don't think you heard me. My usual, please. Uh, okay. I think what Thomas means to say is we were in such a state last time we saw you because, uh, well, not to bring down the mood or anything, but a colleague slash friend of ours uh, was, well, passed away. Oh, my condolences. And in, in that moment, I think we just forgot to ask for your name. And I'm really sorry. And you are such a charming fear bulb yourself here. And I just want to make sure that we're treating you as as a as a colleague as well. Hi, oh, I appreciate you being upfront about that. My name's Pollyanna. Hi, Pollyanna. It's a pleasure to meet you. Officially. Yeah. Pleasure to meet you, too. Plenty of sugar, right, Mr. Phelps? That's right. And you see they have a bag of cane sugar sitting there, and they dump a whole island into it, and then just kind of surround it with a little bit of black coffee. There you go. Grab it and drink it. Mr. Mogpile? Hi, Pollyanna. What do you recommend? Well, I'm really trying to take my craft more seriously now, especially that Grimsh's Brew is shipping here, so I've been experimenting with espresso shots if you'd like a latte. Espresso's kind of uh, hardcore. I think I just... Yeah, why not? Sure. I'll give it a try. All right. I could give you half a shot if you'd like. Yeah. All right. That's a full shot for me. <laughs> Fair. I'll put it in a to-go cup. <laughs> and you see, they have like a little contraption. They strike a match and light it in this, it looks like a furnace chamber almost, as they put in some fresh ground coffee and squeeze it into a puck. They have this tamper to press it down and put a lot of energy into it as they run some water through and a little bit of that nice uh, frothy velvety espresso pours out. Meanwhile, they prepare pretty much a whole cup of milk and steam it. That same contraption has like a wand that comes out and heats up the milk and then they put the shot in and then they grab a pinch of sugar and kind of sprinkle it in and stir it and they go, here, hope you like it. Oh, wait, to go lid. And they put it to go lid and hand you this very tall cup of coffee in your hands. And Gary gets on his toes and reaches over the table to grab the little cup of coffee. You take a sip and it is divine. You get two temporary hit points. Wow. <laughs> wow. Pauly. Pauly. Wow. <laughs> you like it? What? Baby, you're going places. You're going places with this stuff. You keep it coming. I'm, I'm coming back tomorrow. Oh, thanks. I'd really love to open up a coffee shop someday. Polly, my coffee is okay. It needs more sugar next time. Uh, would you like some right now? Yes, please. They pour more sugar into your cup. It begins overflowing. As you drink that, again, there's just so much sugar in it that you're going to get that temporary plus one to dexterity. <laughs> 
adequate. Pollyanna, have you uh, considered partnering with Grumptious? Oh, jeez, I wouldn't even know where to begin with that. I'm, I'm just a little aspiring barista. Well, if you're an aspiring entrepreneur, have I got great news <laughs> for you. There might be something coming out, and this is a little bit of a, some insider information for you, Pollyanna, here. Oh. I'm just going to let you know ahead of time that uh, Groomshire's Brew and McNeil Meadery are going to be coming out with an entrepreneurial scholarship fund for young entrepreneurs that are up and coming in the business. No kidding. Oh, yeah. So uh, you might want to check that out when uh, you get the chance. At any rate, would I bother you for like a... Do you have any black tea? You know, we really don't carry tea here, but I've been experimenting with that as well. I have a, a, a special loose leaf blend I could make for you. Oh, I would absolutely adore that. Thank you so much. All right, just uh, give me a second. And you guys wait around for, it takes a couple of minutes as they steep the tea, but you see uh, they have like a little rucksack. And within that, they have like this cheesecloth with a bunch of loose kind of dried leaves and herbs. And they steep it in hot water that they boil using that same contraption that they use to froth the milk. And they hand it over to you and they go, we know what you think. Actually, could I just get this? Midgen of nice fresh milk in there as well. Yep, and they squeeze a nipple and it goes. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Pollyanna. And I go ahead and take a sip. You take a sip and it is heavenly. Oh, Pollyanna, my goodness, my gracious, you are just <laughs> killing it today. You get a temporary plus one to constitution. Wow. <laughs> I broke even on constitution. How exciting. Hey, uh, Jessica, can I try some of that? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Gary, I'm sorry, but your espresso is all for you, and this is all for me, buddy. All right, fine, greedy grubber. That's me. All right, listen, though, uh, we'll see you later, Pollyanna, but look, uh, I'll put in a good word for you with the managers at Groomshus. <gasps> wow, that means a lot to me. Thanks. Uh, you keep them coming, sweetheart, and yeah, I'll do anything for anything for you. Will do. Good luck. And Pollyanna, did you happen to see which way Monique went when she came in? Oh, I think I saw her go uh, right into the courtroom a couple of minutes ago. Thank you so much, Pollyanna. You have a great rest of your day. We'll see you around. You too. And I'll head towards the courtroom. And if the doors are open and like there's like the space in the audience, I might just take a seat in the back. Yeah, the doors are open. There is one of the reclaimers standing by it. But you are familiar faces here. And it seems that there is no sent case going on right now more so she's probably meeting with judge gardner for something so he looks at you and kind of like puts a hand like waiting to see if he needs to open the door for you uh so can i just squeeze in there real quick is that all right go right ahead and he opens the door for you See, the glass is half full. Empty. This, this is the halftime ad with Nikki B. All right, yeah, you remember this place? We haven't been here since last episode. This is the Halftime Zone. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we want to tell you about our friends over at the Heroes Journal. Now, are you tired of not accomplishing your goals? Are you being too hard on yourself? You know you are. Well, the Heroes Journal aims to change that and help you accomplish your goals by turning them into a quest and supporting you with positive reinforcement along the way. But I believe our beloved goblin Fred has some experience with that. Have a gander. Gary, you sit across from Grizabeth on a nice plush sofa. The two of you are in the middle of an argument inside an office. There is like that ugly like 70s wood paneling all around the office. There's little inspirational posters all around. There's a small coffee table with some drinks in front of each of you. And sitting across from you in the psychologist's chair is a gibbering mouther. A gibbering mouther is a creature. It is this big pile of flesh that is covered in mouths and eyes 
and little eye stalks and just nothing else. It is just a big pile of fleshy mouths. And it is covered in eyes, but each of the eyes have like little half rim glasses. So it has glasses all over its body. And it's sitting there going, <laughs> listening to your problems. Roll a charisma contest for me. I will warn you, Grizzabeth has very high charisma. Uh, 14. Ooh, okay. Well, Grizzabeth actually rolled very poorly. So you are winning this argument. What does it sound like? Let's play a frick. How about we play a game? Point to the first thing in our house that you bought with your own money, huh? Let's oh, see that. Oh, you're going to play that card? You're going to play that card, Mr. Marry Me, uh, when I was barely 18 and said, oh, don't worry, Grizzabeth. I'll take care of you. I'll provide for the family. Well, what are you providing? We've been eating rice for two months. <laughs> <laughs> This is awkward. Uh, Kui, I think you should use I think, I feel statements. I think you're full of shit, and this feels like. No language, Gary. There's no getting through to her. No matter how many times I say it, right? I'm doing this. Oh, well, you want to talk? I've been trying to get you to spend some time with Calvin for the last week. I'm providing oh, for the busy. family. And I have providing to Providing what? Providing what? Money. I just bought Calvin a whole trough of food the other day. All right? Listen, if I wanted, if we wanted money, I'd go sell my ass on the corner of, of Greenbrier Lane. No, I, we, we want a father, Gary. You're never here. I made time for Calvin, all right? I make what time I can. I know we don't have a lot of money, but I'm doing my best. I don't see you bringing home any money. So this is what I got to do. Well, right? now we don't have money and we don't have you. So what do we got? I'm trying, Grisabeth. I have an idea. And Dr. Fleembull, one of the mouths on his big fleshy body begins coughing. <laughs> <laughs> And he spits out a red journal at you, Gary. Roll a dexterity check. That's 11. Okay, you catch it. And in your hands, you catch a nice red journal. On the front, it has an insignia of a sword and shield. And you open it, and you see it as something called the Hero's Journal. Dr. Fleembull says, I think this is going to be an effective tool. I'm building a more positive narrative around your goals. Right now, it sounds like you're both shaming each other all the time. Gary, why don't you open to one of the pages and we'll fill it out together. I don't, I don't know. I don't see how this is. Just try it. Right, all right. This here. And there seems to be about 90 days worth of pages here. Each one has a couple of planning tools. You know, you can write what day it is. You can choose your overarching quest. You can kind of plan out your day. And he says, If you had to pick one, what goal would you say you're trying to accomplish together? I thought things were fine. Well, clearly they're not, Gary. I just, I want us to be a team again, Gary. It doesn't feel like that lately. So maybe our quest is to spend more quality time together. Sure. How about you write that as your quest? All right. Quality time with the family. Okay. What are three tasks? Mm, sorry. Mm, that you can accomplish tomorrow to help accomplish that quest. Uh, that's that's a tough one. This, this job's taking a lot of money. Well... Maybe we could start by just having some breakfast together, Gary. All right, yeah, I can uh, wake up a little earlier, I guess, you know, get some time for breakfast and uh, what else here? Uh, I could set aside a certain day to take off, right? So that I have a whole day for you guys. Yeah, well, how about maybe uh, uh, tomorrow, maybe you help Calvin with his homework. Well, he's a baby. He doesn't have homework. I'll help him put his uh, square pegs in circle holes. Yeah, you can. You you could. You could have some playtime with Calvin when you get home from work. All right. Uh, I'll play a game of chess with Calvin. Okay. One more thing that you can do tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, okay. Well, Gary, I did just buy that new wash basin. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get get clean after we get dirty <laughs> yeah you know maybe a little bit of both at the same time 
Stop, you little gremlin. <laughs> Who you call a gremlin? And he's tickling uh, uh, Grizzabeth on the couch. <laughs> See? It's already working. All right, Doc. I'll give it a shot. You'll find the book is full of really useful tools. You can list out the allies for the day, threats for the day. You can plan out your hours. And I really recommend writing down the three things you're grateful for each morning. Really helps start things off in a positive uh, way. Now, what do you say? You try using the hero's journal for the next week. And then we see how you're doing next time you come in. All right. I'll, I'll give it a shot, Doc. Oh, might as well. All right. Well, I've got a unicorn. i got to consult about something up next. So I'm going to fuck out of my uh, office. All right. I'll just uh, leave the money here on the coffee table. And... First book's free. So it'll just be the usual five gold for the session. But if you ever want to buy another one... Just go to theheroesjournal.co and use code DREMBUS10 to get uh, 10% off. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm running late. Good seeing you, my Biles. All right, uh, take care, Dr. Flea. You want to go check out that wash basin? Tony! Isn't that sweet? So if you want to support the show and yourself, check out theheroesjournal.co and use Drimbus10, code Drimbus10, to get 10% off your order. And now, thanks. Thank you, Jerry Benetados. Thank you, Queso Loco. Thank you, John Mitchell. Thank you, Terrence Knox. Thank you, Victoria Madrid. Thank you, Greta and Beignet. Thank you, Alejandro Lopez. What a sweetheart. Thank you, Ace Andrews. Thank you, Emrys Craig. Thank you, Ben B. Thank you, Thomas Murphy. Thank you, Regina Russell. What a sweetheart. She's a sweetheart. Thank you, Lazy Tortoise. Thank you, Morgan Holly. Thank you, Salty. Thank you, Evie Power. And thank you, Adrian Bundy. All right, that's it. It's been wonderful having you here in the Halftime Zone, but unfortunately, I'm gonna have to put you back into the show. So... I'm sorry, I know, I know, but uh, I'll, we'll be back, okay? We'll, we'll come back next week. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everyone, it is your friendly neighborhood GM, John Carlo Herrera here. And today I wanted to tell you about an awesome show called Looters. It is an actual play podcast where a hilarious cast of friends go on dramatic, action-packed, sci-fi western adventures in a universe full of different factions vying for control over the Outer Rims. I love a good sci-fi western mix, the cast is so much fun to listen to, and it's played on the Stars Without Number game system, which is really fun to hear in audio. I really think listeners of Drimbus would enjoy it, so, please... Check out this trailer, and if it intrigues you, go check them out at looterspodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, enjoy. Hey, we're the Looters. Hey, what's up? Looters is a sci-fi western actual play podcast using the Stars Without Number system. We're a group of friends getting into trouble all over the universe. So come with us if you're into adventure. A rocket flies out of one of these ships far behind you and crashes into the wall and blows up. There's rockets? It's Mario Kart. Crazy. Intrigue. Can I hack into the body and maybe see if they have like a memory data bank in their brain or some shit like that that I can access? That'll literally. <laughs> Devastating physical injury. <laughs> Just take uh, cover. Okay. She's, she's a good pilot, everyone. <laughs> she's very good. And friendship. New episodes of Looters out every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts.
Well, Gary, if you're going in, I'm going in too, I suppose. I will get up and go as well. Okay, and you all enter the room and you see Monique chatting with Judge Gardner there. She turns around and she goes, Oh, if it isn't the, uh, um, the group attorneys, uh... What do you what do you call yourselves? <laughs> oh no! You know that's a that's a really good question, Monique. And the entrepreneurs was it? Uh, Thomas's team. No, it's the Dot Memorial Entrepreneurial Funds. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, that was off the noggin, and I'm not so great with my noggin these days. Fraser Phelps and Mogby Phelps and Company. I shouldn't have known better than to ask that. Um, <laughs> anyways. Hi, I was just finishing up some work here with uh, Judge Gardner. Anyways, uh, thank you, Judge. I'll, I'll get right on there. And he looks at you and goes, well, hello, Mr. Phelps. Glad to see your companions joined you. And do we have news on the investigation? No, no news. Uh, we're here to talk to Monique, not you. No offense, Your Honor. Oh, but none taken. I do declare. <laughs> I'll go right ahead. Uh, uh, should I leave? This is It's my courtroom. <laughs> I mean, Monique and company, why don't you just take a, one of the uh, the interrogations? Or not interrogate, the holding cells. The holding cells. Goodness me. <laughs> oh, no interrogation here. Right. right. That'd be good. Thank you. Yeah, I will. All right. Lead the way, company. <laughs> okay. And I turn on my heel and I head towards the holding cell. Okay. You guys enter one of the empty holding cells, the same place where you spoke to Job once. There's a metal table, a nice wooden chair. Monique goes, oh, give me one second. And she runs out and grabs like more wooden chairs to put around the tables and goes, all right. Uh, as she runs out, does she leave her purse? Yeah, she leaves her purse. She puts it on the table and goes, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get us some more chairs and runs out. I flick the tooth into her purse. As the tooth enters the purse, we hear a muffled, ow. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> ow. <laughs> Say ow. Say ow. Say ow. Oh, no, he's dead. That may be beyond my abilities at the moment. Never mind. What? <laughs> Try saying ouch, because that's a word versus ow is a sound. Repeat after me. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, just make him say wow. How do you pronounce the word ouch? I found this on the way. <laughs> like, make make him say wow and then just cut out the W and edit. Text Nick ouch. Which one? What do you want to say? Ouch. What do you want from me? Okay, I'll send this. Damn it! What does that message say? This. Fuck you. Okay. Yeah, you hear a little ouch from inside the purse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Keep that whole exchange in the episode. <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, and then Valentine runs back in with two more chairs and sets them down. And goes, all right. Uh, so what, what, what can I do for you? Well, Monique, it was a kind of a quick question. We got this note that we found at Dot's place, Miss Oz, as you might have known her as well. And it, it had an H on it. And did the handwriting maybe look familiar at all to you? I don't know. We just were kind of stumped with it. Oh, um, can I have a look at it here? Oh, absolutely. And I hand it over to her. And she kind of pours over it for a second and says, The handwriting, uh... She looks at it very closely, and she goes, No, I'm afraid not. What about the paper? Uh, what do you mean? Well, it's very, you know, ornate. You don't get that sort of purple paper just anywhere. Uh, yeah, I suppose it is nice cardstock. Is it familiar to you? Uh, no, I, I'm sorry. I, I wish I knew more about paper. <laughs> okay, it is signed H. Do you know anyone whose name starts with H, Monique? Uh, yeah, plenty of people. Harold, uh, um, Henry. Anyone with a lot of money? Yeah, a lot of my clients so far here in the Eastern Orgaic region, not too crazy. Uh, Dart has a lot of money, but that's not a nature name. Hera, maybe? Cat Hera? Are you sure you don't have a particular friend whose name starts with H? Oh. Maybe someone with a, a passion for justice or what something. What are you... Uh, for the legal I'm, system. I'm, I'm sorry, what are you all getting at? Well... It, because it's the note you read it. It says you might as well make use of it. And we found that in Dot's place and it was all cleaned up after the murder. And you seem to be very knowledgeable. We just thought that you might know something that we don't. We're just, we're very confused as to why this person wants us to use Dot's old place and to what purposes. And we're just trying to figure it out. Yeah, you know? well, I'm, I'm sorry. That must be terribly distressing, but 
it's it's just not really enough for me to work off really in terms of H name with a lot of money and a passion for justice. Uh, Jessica, what was the name you gave me earlier? What do you mean? All right, team. Obviously, we're just going to have to go ask Hagatha because I don't know anything is going to happen out of Miss Monique's mouth here. Thank you for your time, Miss uh, Valentine. That's it. Hagatha. That was the name you gave me. Do you know Hagatha? Did I? Did I say that name? Yes, you told me right outside. Hagatha. Oh, uh, okay. what, what context was this in? Maybe I can help you track it down. Uh, do you not know a Hagatha? No, I'm afraid I don't. Can I roll to see if she's lying? You can. You can roll an insight. We know she's lying. You, I, I'm going to give you advantage on this because of the information you have. Yes. <laughs> that would be a 16. Yeah, she's lying. Yeah, we know that. You see the, the, the faintest drop of sweat appear on her forehead. You're lying to me. Okay, excuse me. Why are you holding out on us? What of these accusations... I'm sorry, am I implicated in this somehow? What what information do you have on this, Hagatha? Just this, that, I mean, uh, that... Yeah, sorry, uh, uh, Miss Feltra, I believe you brought it up. Uh, what, what what were the circumstances around this? Just that we found this letter, and with the name H, the only name I heard recently spoken at some point or another, I, can't, I don't remember when, was it was Hagatha. I don't remember who it was in passing, I heard the name at some point. Maybe I was looking over some files for one of the cases maybe that Dorothy was looking at. I just saw the name pop up somewhere. Thought you might be able to help. Monique, our friend is dead. Can you please just give us the information that we know you have, comply so we can be on our way and we don't have to speak for the time being or anytime soon or ever again would be nice, but And after Thomas says that, Jessica just like looks right into Monique's eyes. Just looking at them. Monique smiles at you and goes, Okay, yeah, you're right. Um, I apologize. This is uh, with the distressing news. My, my head's all over the place. And, um, well, well I, I do know a Hagatha. She's, she's a, well, a rather large part of the firm that employs me, but I, I don't see how she could possibly be connected to this case. Where could we find her? Uh, the West Coast, I'm afraid. Okay. You know Mallow and Shores? I believe I've heard of it. I've heard of that. It's, I mean, I, I'm a West Coast gal myself. Yeah, I, I, I think it's near uh, Rabbit Cove, isn't it? Uh, Jessica, isn't that where you're from? Yes, that is where I hail from. Yes, indeed. How far out is that? A- anyways, that is all to say that it would take you weeks, probably, to get there. So, I'm sorry, I... I I, not to mention, I don't really know Hagatha personally, so I'm, I'm not quite sure how she could be implicated in this. That's something we're going to have to find out when we go to the West Coast. Oh, my. Do we have the time to... Well, before we just discuss this, Thomas, and things, Monique, I think... Thank you so much for all your help. I don't think we have any more questions that you can answer or anything, so I appreciate you helping us out there. She takes your hand in both of her hands as she does, and she looks you dead in the eyes and goes, no, 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 thank you. If you need anything else, you know where to find me. I sure do. Thanks. And she'll, on her way out, she's going to try something. And she kind of gives Gary, like, that one-arm hug. And then tries to go and give it to Thomas as well. I back up. Okay. She sees that and then just turns it into a little wave and walks out the door. Jesus, Thomas, you didn't have to be so dang rude to the poor woman. Remind me to never play poker with you two. And I'm going to follow Monique at a distance. Ooh, roll a stealth check for me. Yeah, this is a 14. I'm sorry, she rolled a 19. So she leaves the room, the door closes, you open it again, and it just makes a really loud creak, and she turns around and looks at you. Oh, goes, oh, Carrie, sorry. Uh, do you guys need anything else? Oh, no, I was just looking for, uh, unrelated, just looking for Mr. Gardner. Actually, yes, and I pop my head out from behind the door and go, we just wanted to make sure that we put the chairs back in the right room. Where'd you pull those from? Oh, uh, uh, just right next door, this uh, investigation room right here. Oh, thank you so much, dear. Appreciate you. Yeah. And I pull Gary back into the room, closing the door behind me. Yeah, let's get those chairs, people. Let's go. All right, so before anybody else goes off and does anything that might arouse any suspicions, I don't know if we can go to the West Coast for a couple of weeks. Hold I mean, on, yeah, we got on. a nice little pace. Jessica, I think she's about to call Hagatha right now because she knows we're up to something. I wanted to see when so that we could, uh, you know, eavesdrop on that. I mean, 
You just say the word, Gary, and I'll go into my little trance here, and uh, we'll get a nice minute-long worth of Monique Valentine. You want to give it a minute, and we'll see? Yeah, let's go ahead and put these chairs back. <laughs> All right. And uh, we'll come back in here and see if that's that's the appropriate amount of time. All right. And I'll go ahead and pick up one of the chairs that Monique brought over and bring it to the other room. Gary tries to show off and tries to do two chairs at a time, but because he's so short, he struggles with that. And Thomas is not going to lift a finger. Naturally. Or a chair. Or a chair. All right, sip in a minute. Uh, well, I mean, and Jessica situates herself on top of the table inside the room, and she places her palms face down, sits with her legs crossed, and she goes, well, now is as good as time as any, yeah? Let her rip. And Jessica's eyes roll into the back of her head. Her head leans back, and she goes, <laughs> as she goes into a trance for a minute to listen and see everything where the tooth is in Monique Valentine's purse. You go into a trance, and as you do so, you open your eyes inside a purse. First, you see your original tooth in there. <laughs> Next, you see Siri, the fairy, and you hear speaking at it from above. All that is to say, I'm not quite sure what you're doing here, but your name came up, so I, I just wanted to let you know. I, I certainly hope there's no wrongdoings, and, well, I, I certainly hope no one's been betraying your trust. Okay, I'll send this. And you see Siri again kind of transcribing stuff on a little tiny parchment, and then it goes up in a little cloud of purple smoke. And Monique goes, thank you so much, Siri. And closes the purse as your trance ends. Golly, <laughs> jeez Louise, that does not get easier. Ugh, and I cracked my back. What did you see? Well, I saw the inside of the purse, the other tooth, and Siri. And Siri was getting a message from Miss Valentine. It seemed like it was going to Hagatha. Hagatha's name was not mentioned this time. But she said, your name came up, and I just thought you should know that maybe somebody might be betraying your trust. <laughs> so Cryptic as ever. Right. Well, yeah, you know, that's kind of how it works. And if I was someone sitting at a computer playing a game or something, whatever a computer is, I'm not exactly sure where that word just came from, from my mouth. But if you were, if you were someone sitting somewhere at a table playing a game... I would think that Cryptic is the name of the game. That would be a fun board game, right? Cryptic. Well, I hope she wasn't lying. Where did she say we have to go? Rabbit Cove? Well, that's my hometown. Malowin Shores, that's what she said. Malowin Shores. Well, I'm going to go talk to Judge Gardner. For what reason? For a favor. And I'm going to walk out the room. I'll follow. I'm intrigued, so I will follow. Okay, you walk up and the reclaimer looks at you and he goes, They're going to be in trial here in just a moment, so just... Keep it snappy, okay? He snaps at him. All right. <laughs> Go for it. And he opens the door for you. Uh, and I, I walk briskly to Mr. Gardner. Well, if it is in company, hello. We're, wow, we're, we're getting down to business today. <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> this time we are here for you, Your Honor. Oh, uh, oh my, you're here for me. <laughs> my husband wouldn't like that. <laughs> Put him up. <laughs> oh, Anyway, what can I do for you fine folk? Uh, we have a, a favor to ask, Your Honor. All right. Uh, it's regarding our search for uh, the answers to our deceased co-worker. Well, you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Your Honor, our next lead is bringing us to Malawin Shores. Now, I'm sure, as you know, that's about a week and a half worth of uh, travel, right? One way. You're looking at nearly a whole season to get there and come back, assuming you, you're just making a stop for a day. Now, am I mistaken that the reclaimers have some sort of teleportation abilities that maybe you could uh, lend a hand with? Not Arcord, I'm afraid. I, I do recall hearing, uh, I think Opula's court had played around with that a little bit, some of that teleportation magic. Uh, problem is it lended itself to a lot of problems. Uh, 
particularly liabilities when uh, bringing in suspects. So, as far as I know, most courts have banned the use of that kind of magic. Do you have any suggestion of a, of a, a fast travel, so to speak, to get there? <laughs> uh, flight, maybe. I've, I've never been a fan of riding the wyverns, but... Uh, Flat works pretty quickly. Is this necessary, going over to Malowin Shores? Very necessary. If we want to find out what happened, that's our next lead. Other than time, what's stopping you? Money, I suppose. <laughs> uh, well, if it's just to make a living on the road, I'm, I'm sure you guys know how to rough it, but even if you don't, uh, I could potentially give you a couple of courthouses to stop along the way, if you so desire uh, I don't know how tied down you are here. We're just afraid of the trail going cold, Your Honor. Fair. Uh, then, yeah, I'd, I'd say flight might be your best. Uh, you might be able to get teleportation magic uh, from, you know, some wizard or sorcerer who does it on their own. But uh, especially those long distances, mm, very difficult to do. We actually know a sorcerer that deals in that sort of magic, don't we? I don't know if he's a teleporter. Well, oh, he did. You weren't there, but I uh, may or may not have witnessed something incredible before my very eyes. So we do know someone. Okay, I guess we do know someone. And I like crack a smile at your honor, at <laughs> the judge. He cracks a smile back at you. <laughs> uh, thank you for your help. Yeah, a- anytime. Good luck with your case today. Thank you, thank you. Uh. Well, I don't want to rush this case. It's fine. You you handle that. Okay, rush what case? You, your case. The the investigation of Miss Arnold. Oh. Uh, I, I had a case that I thought might be good for you, but... Uh, that might have to wait till we get back, Your Honor, I'm afraid. Absolutely. No worries. I'm sure there will be plenty of people in need of defense. All right. And with that, it is time to go. And Thomas is going to turn around and walk out the court. See you, Judge. Your, your Honor... <clears throat> Lost my uh, formality for a second. <laughs> no worries, Mr. Monkbot. You all have a pleasant day. You as well, Your Honor. Have a lovely day at court. Will do. I'm going to start getting uh, popcorn ready to ride out. Oh, he's a fast walker. Are, are you talking about that wizard from Sapir? I think he was talking about Ostrogon for sure. Oh, yeah. I will be riding out to go see if Ostrogon could give me fast travel over to the West Coast. You two are welcome to join. You are welcome to do whatever you like, since that is what you two are incredibly good at. I am going to be discovering the truth of Dot's murder, so do what you will. And then he's going to ride out towards Ostrogon's tower. This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Nicholas Palazzo as Thomas Phelps, Michael Pisani as Jessica Feltra, and Nicholas Benetados as Gary Markbile. The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. This episode was edited by Michael Pisani and Giancarlo Herrera with sound design by Nicholas Benetados. If you'd like to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash drimmers. All patrons get access to exclusive perks like our after-the-show show, After the Drimbus, where we discuss behind-the-scenes and secrets, free exclusive merch, and the chance to create items for the campaign or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons & Drimbus sticker. Thank you all so much for listening, and I do declare I'll see you all next week. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It happened in the quiet town of Podunk, an ages-old family mystery. What happened with great-grandpa? Why won't you talk about it? Because there's nothing to say, Ninten. Begets an unprecedented paranormal event. Oh, brother! Ah! Uh. 
poltergeist. My lamp attacked me. It was hovering the air. It unplugged itself and came at me. Mind control. Why is that crow smoking a cigarette? Okay, we're playing inside today. Zombie. I could have gotten out of here on my own. You were hiding in a coffin. It was a good disguise. Extraterrestrials. You've seen them too? I've been observing them for days. <laughs> I beat up aliens with my baseball bat. Children with psychokinetic powers. I let that little light of mine shine, Mama. And it melted the darkness away. And that's just the beginning. Introducing Mother She Wrote, a travelogue diary through the biggest cult phenomena in video game history, the Mother series, as it's called in Japan, and Earthbound, as it's called everywhere else. Each episode, we recount the story through immersive audio drama as it's lived by the characters, unpacking the surreal adventures, tear-jerking moments, and what it all means. If you're new to the series, we'll take you beyond the controller and into the story. And if you're a longtime fan, relive these tales like never before and learn fascinating new facts about your favorite games. Find Mother She Wrote on your favorite podcast player and at MotherSheWrote.Earth.